Hi. Is that working? Yeah. No? Yes. Hallelujah. How are we all doing, okay? If we've not met before, my name is Richard, and it's my privilege to get to um, look at the Bible with you this evening. Um, but before we do that, um, I don't know where all of you are at, obviously. I don't know um, where all of you are at in terms of knowing God um, and, and loving him and following him. Um, I just felt really struck um, when we were singing those words, um, you know the depths of my heart and you love me the same. Um, and just in case there's anyone amongst us this evening um, that you've never really taken that step of um, committing your life to Jesus, um, he wants every one of us to know that he, we can know what it is for someone to know the depths of our heart and to love us the same. For someone to know every single part of us, um, you know, even the ugly stuff that we don't want anyone else to see. It's amazing, isn't it, to be able to be so secure with someone that they could know every part of you, that they could know every thought that you've ever thought and still be truly, completely in love with you. Uh, And that is how God loves us. So I don't know, maybe it's for someone who's already given their life to him, maybe it's for someone who hasn't, but I just really believe that the Holy Spirit wants every one of us to know that truth, that he knows every single part of us, and yet he loves us the same. And if you've never taken that decision to follow Jesus, if you've never given your life to following him, um, we would invite you to talk to us at the end of the meeting this evening, um, any one of us that you've seen up here at the front, um, we'd love to help you to know him completely, um, to know what it is to have a relationship with someone that knows every single part about you and will never, ever stop loving you. Cool. So, Book of Jeremiah, if you've got a Bible with you, um, or a phone that's got a Bible on it, which is most of you. I bet hardly any of you guys have got a paper Bible, have you? Who's got, come on, paper Bibles. Who's got paper Bibles? There's, no, I didn't ask you what translation. Just who's got a paper Bible? Less than 10 of us, but we're still holding on in there. Not that it's any better. It's, it's all the same. Jeremiah. Everybody found it? Jeremiah chapter 1 to start with. Okay, cool. So, um, we're just going to read a couple of little sections in Jeremiah. Jeremiah is actually probably one of the best known prophets in the Old Testament of the Bible. He's like known for being a prophet. He's one of what we call the major prophets um, in scripture. And um, because, because we know he's a prophet, um, we kind of expect Jeremiah to be able to bring out God's word, what God is saying to his people at any kind of given moment. Um, so it's really interesting what we read here about Jeremiah. So we'll start in Jeremiah chapter 1 and verse 4. It says, The word of the Lord came to me, saying, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. Alas, sovereign Lord, I said, I do not know how to speak. I'm too young. But the Lord said to me, do not say I am too young. You must go to everyone I send you to and say whatever I command you to. Do not be afraid of them, 
For I am with you and will rescue you, declares the Lord. And then the Lord reached out his hand and touched my mouth and said to me, I have put my words in your mouth. See, today I appoint you over nations and kingdoms to uproot and to tear down, to destroy and overthrow, to build and to plant. So it's all pretty amazing so far. God has appointed Jeremiah as a prophet to the nations. He's the one that, he's like God's man of power for the hour. He's, he's this amazing anointed guy who God's spirit has come upon so that he can come and tell everyone, not just to like his mates, not just to his local community, but to the nations. He's been appointed to announce what God is saying. And God has touched his mouth. Wow, he's like got power, he's got anointing, he's got authority. He's going to announce what God is saying to the nations. Verse 11 says this, the word of the Lord came to me. What do you see, Jeremiah? I see the branch of an almond tree, I replied. The Lord said to me, you've seen correctly for I am watching to see that my word is fulfilled. And when, Then the word of the Lord came to me again. What do you see? I see a pot that is boiling, I answered. It is tilting towards us from the north. And then the Lord said to me, from the north, disaster will be poured out on all who live in the land. And so Jeremiah goes on to bring a prophecy from the Lord to the nation. Turn with me to Jeremiah chapter 24, if you will. Jeremiah 24 from verse 1. After Jehoiachin, son of Jehoiakim, king of Judah, and the officials, the skilled workers, and the craftsmen of Judah were carried into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon by Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, the Lord showed me two baskets of figs placed in front of the temple of the Lord. One basket had very good figs, like those that ripen early, and the other basket had very bad figs, so bad that they could not be eaten. And then the Lord asked me, What do you see, Jeremiah? Figs, I answered. The good ones are very good, but the bad ones are so bad that they cannot be eaten. And then the word of the Lord came to me. This is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. And so Jeremiah goes on to prophesy. One of the ways that God communicates with Jeremiah is to show him things. Is to show him pictures or or visions. But even then... Jeremiah doesn't just kind of see these pictures and suddenly start proclaiming because he's had a vision, he's had a picture, he's had a dream and and he knows exactly what it means and he brings forth the word. I mean, because he's this great anointed prophet, we, we wouldn't really expect him to have to do anything than just kind of show up and say, thus says the Lord. You know those kind of people that are always prophesying? I don't know if you've met those kind of people. You're, you're just around them. And it just seems that they're always says your God and, and out comes the word of the Lord. And, you know, those people just seem to have it on tap any moment. But Jeremiah, this great anointed prophet of God, nevertheless has these pictures. And God says to him, what do you see? Let's just talk about that for a moment. Tell me what you, why, why does God ask Jeremiah what he's seeing? Because God already knows what Jeremiah is seeing because God showed Jeremiah what Jeremiah is seeing. So why does God say to Jeremiah, what do you see? 
I mean, Jeremiah's already seen it, and then he has to explain to the Lord what he's seen. And then the Lord talks back to Jeremiah and says, this is the meaning of what you've just seen. There's a process involved in Jeremiah hearing God. But Jeremiah's a prophet. He could, he's, he's anointed. The Spirit's come upon The Spirit could just move upon him in the moment, and he could just utter forth the word of God. But there's a process involved. There's a dialogue. There's an interaction that takes place between Jeremiah and God. And what's really interesting is actually Ezekiel has the same thing going on in his ministry. And so does Amos, and so does Zechariah. There are a number of prophets in the Old Testament who have this kind of deal with God that on occasions, rather than just suddenly coming out with the word, there's like a process. There's an interaction, there's a dialogue, there's a talking between them and God. Because sometimes it seems that God wants us just to slow down and actually talk with him and interact with him about what he's showing us and what he's saying to us. I don't know how many of you here um, drive. Um, If you drive down a motorway at 70 miles an hour, obviously you've never driven any faster than 70 miles an hour. Don't laugh like that, you give yourself away. You don't drive, okay, fair enough. Um, But if if you've ever driven down at speed... The same kind of thing happens as a passenger as well, but particularly if, if you're driving. But, you know, you may have noticed, you don't really notice all the details of everything that's going on around you. I don't know if you ever noticed those, you know those signs over the motorways? At the moment, they all say, like, watch out, we're about to go out of the EU and you need to get new paperwork or something. If you, yeah, you've seen those signs. Or sometimes they say, like, think, don't drink and drive, or, um, you know, six-hour delay ahead of you, or something like that. So have you ever noticed how huge those signs are? If you actually stop and look at them, they're absolutely mammoth. And the reason they are mammoth is because as you're hurtling along the motorway at speed, um, you're not going to see it if it's not big. Yeah? You, don't, you don't tend to notice the, the wildlife at the side of the road. Yeah? There, are things, there are loads of things that you will miss when you're going along the motorway. Or I don't know if you've ever tried when you're going at about 125 miles an hour on a train... Yeah. So if I catch a train to London, the train um, goes past my hometown down south, uh, it goes past the back of my school, um, and so I always try and look out to, to catch a glimpse. I don't know why, um, but I always try and catch a glimpse, and it's just like a split second as you whiz past it, and you can't notice really anything about it. Other than, oh, there it was. Um, we don't really notice what's going on when we're travelling fast. This summer... Um, Judith and I and our kids and um, my parents as well, we all piled onto a canal boat um, and we went on a canal boat holiday. Now the top speed on a canal boat is three to four miles per hour. And we found that we noticed quite a lot. There's our Luke, um, sat on the canal boat. Um, That was his favourite thing, freaking me out as we went through bridges. Um, because some of them are a lot lower even than that one. Um, but yeah, um, I think there's another photo after that one. Uh, there you go. When you're travelling at three or, or four miles, you know, there probably are herons that occasionally have f- flown past me on a motorway at the side of the road. There's wildlife, is my point. I don't really notice it. Going at three or four miles an hour, you are desperate to notice anything. 
when you spend seven days on a boat, um, you know, we, we, we only got as far as Stoke-on-Trent, um, and we drove half the way there before we even picked up the canal boat. So there's really not a lot going on. And so you notice everything that's happening all around you. And you have time to get your... You know, you're driving at 70 miles an hour down a moment where you're on a train. You don't have time to get your camera out and snap a shot of this amazing bird, you know, flying along. When you're going at three or four miles an hour, you've, you've got plenty of time. You see what I'm saying? There are times when we have to slow down if we're really going to notice and perceive everything that God wants to show us and everything that he wants to say to us. There were times when Jeremiah had to slow down enough to have a conversation with God about the things that God was saying to him. He could, God just, could have just given him the word in the moment and he could have flown on to the next thing, but God slowed him down by saying, well, let's talk about what you are seeing. We may need to create more time and space in our lives to slow down if we really want to see everything that God wants to show us. John 10, 27, Jesus said, My sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. My sheep listen to my voice. They take time. They take time to listen to what I'm saying to them. How does God communicate with us? Well, of course, in all kinds of ways. He speaks to us, doesn't he, through the Bible. A whole story of God that we've got that's come to us through a whole different collection of authors through different times and and places. And yet there's this consistent story that God speaks to us through the pages of the Bible. Now, I don't know if you've... um, ever been on a Bible reading plan, um, maybe you've got one. I have one on my phone and you know, when, I, when I complete my reading for the day, I get to click completed the reading and the, and the little percentage of how far through the Bible I am goes up. And you know, if I'm honest, there, there are occasions when I'm tempted just to, I've just got to get through it. I've just got to get through it and click complete and, and I'll have done my reading. And I don't know if you're ever like that. If, if you've ever been kind of like, I just need to get through and tick the box on my, on my Bible reading plan. But what if we were to slow down? What if we were to create the space to notice more of what God wants to say to us when we're reading through Scripture? What if we were to say, actually, do you know what? I'm not going to rush this. I'm not just going to try and get the job done. But I'm actually going to take my time enough. Now, I know there's going to be times. I know there's going to be times when it's discipline and you just need to get through it. But what if we try and create more times when we're taking time over reading our Bibles. God speaks to us, doesn't he, through the Holy Spirit. He speaks to us through the Holy Spirit when we're reading our Bibles. He speaks to us through, for many of us, it's like an inner voice, isn't it? It's like a, an impression, a sense of what God is saying to us. And, and it takes us time, over time, to learn the difference between that, when that really is God and when that's just what I'm feeling. Um, Of course, the Bible helps us with that because God is never going to say anything to you that contradicts what he said to us um, through scripture. But we learn to to pay attention to those convictions of the spirit, we might call them, those, those nudges that the Holy Spirit gives us on the inside of us. Perhaps he speaks to you through pictures. 
Perhaps he speaks to you through visions. Perhaps you've had dreams. But again, it's, it's not rushing ahead and say, well, I know what that means or, or I don't know what that means. And so therefore I forget about it. But actually taking the time to say, God, this is what I'm seeing. This is what I'm feeling. This is what I'm sensing. Can we have a conversation about that? Is this something that you're trying to say to me? Or did I just have too much cheese before I went to bed last night? He can speak to us through prophecy. Now, of course, he can speak to us through prophetic words that other people bring to us. And I'll come to that in a moment. But God can, can use you to prophesy to yourself. Um, one of the ways I find God speaks to me sometimes is just as if I write things down. And so sometimes I'll find myself writing prophetic words from God to me. Um, he can speak to you through fellow believers. He can speak to you, as I say, through prophetic word, through your fellow believers in the church, um, or through Christians that you meet. He can bring prophetic words to you. But also, he can speak to you um, through a friend saying to you, um, do you know what? When you said that the other day, that really wasn't great, because actually the Bible says that we need to be patient and kind with one another, and we might want to rush on ahead and think, well, that's not very nice. That's a bit mean. Um, I don't like it. And who, what gives them the right to talk to me like that anyway? Yeah? Or we could take the time to say, Holy Spirit, was that you? Is that you who wants to speak to me through that person who just told me that? Is that something that you're trying to address in me? Or it might be encouragement, we like that kind of more, don't we? Um, it might be an encouragement from someone. It might be um, some wisdom, some wisdom from God. Not everything that God wants to say to you through someone else in the church begins with the Lord says or, you know, thus says the Lord. But many times it comes through, through wisdom, through encouragement, through correction or rebuke. God can speak to us through our circumstances, Things that happen to us, um, things that maybe keep happening again and again and again. And it's like, wow, it just seems like there's some kind of point to all of this. Now, of course, all these things, God speaking through people, uh, and in a sense, our circumstances. Praise God, we've got the Bible that keeps us safe because we could come up with anything otherwise. So all of this has to be consistent with what God has said to us through the word. But my point is this, God has got plenty to say to us all of the time. If we will take the time to listen, if we will slow down and notice what he's saying to us, if we're hurtling through life, if we're traveling at speed, if we're never creating those pauses, those moments to draw aside with God, then we will miss so much of what God wants to show us and speak to us and say to us because God is speaking to us all of the time. Praise God, we've got a God, we've got a Father who wants to speak to us, who wants to communicate with us. He's not distant and he's not far off. He's got plenty that he wants to say to you. And so I'm going to finish this evening by highlighting three particular areas where I believe that God always wants to speak to us in our lives, that we should be listening out for, that we should be watching out for, that we should be talking to God about and saying, what are you showing me? What does this mean? What have you got to say to me in these areas? So firstly this, we can expect that God will always want to speak to us about our contentment. 
Now this sounds kind of neat, doesn't it? That sounds nice. God wants me to be contented. What do I mean by that? Um, Well, this. Do you remember Paul, the apostle in the Bible, um, saying in one of his letters that no matter what I go through, whether I've got loads, whether I've got nothing, whether I'm well fed, whether I'm hungry, I'm paraphrasing now, um, whether I'm just winning in life or whether I'm suffering persecution and everyone's against me and I'm imprisoned and going through hardship. He says, whatever I'm going through in life, I have learned to be content. Why? Because he's satisfied in his relationship with God through Jesus Christ. God wants us to be contented. He wants us to find contentment in him. So that we're not having to constantly kind of scrabble about in life looking for things that will satisfy us and make us happy. But that we are truly fulfilled and happy and at peace and contented in him. And God wants to talk to you about that. How do we find security in any relationship? By spending time with one another. By interacting with one another. God wants to talk to us all the time about our relationship with him. He wants you to be able to talk to him about the little details. The things that are bugging you. The things that are annoying you. The things that are getting you down. He wants you to be able to interact with him about the big deep questions of life. He wants you to talk to him about your future, about your uncertainties, about your hopes and about your dreams. He wants you to talk to him. He wants you to know him and he wants you to know that he knows you through your relationship with him. That you would, whatever you face in life, whatever you go through, whatever challenges you face, you would be able to say, I am content because I know him. All the time, God will be speaking to you about your relationship with him. He wants to speak to you about your contentment. But secondly, this. God wants to speak to you about your character. Now, I know we'd all love it if God was more concerned with our comfort than our character. But sadly, it's not true. God is far more interested in your character than in your comfort. And he's quite prepared for you to be uncomfortable if it's for the good of your character. Now, God really, really, really cares that all of us are conformed into the image of Jesus Christ. He really cares that all of us become more like Jesus. He really cares that you look more like Jesus tomorrow than you did today. And so he's got plenty to say to you and to me, assuming that none of us think we've actually made it yet. Assuming none of us actually think we've reached full perfection and maturity in Christ. Then God has still got more to say to us. Still got more to show us. Still got more areas of our lives to gently put his finger upon and say, okay, let's deal with this now. Let's look at that attitude. Let's look at that thought that you had the other day. Let's look at that stuff that you've been involved with. Let's talk about that stuff that you've been watching. Let's talk about those thoughts that you've been thinking. Let's talk about your character. Why wouldn't God want to talk to you about your character all the time? Because his plan and purpose, his dream, his vision, his goal for your life is that you would be like Jesus Christ. You are his child. You are a child of God and you are destined to be conformed to his image. And so God deeply cares about it. It's it's not really rocket science, is it? But when we stop and think, of course God would want to talk to me about my character all the time. 
And so we can rush through life, we can be busy, we can react to the things that offend us and upset us and get us down, and we can huff and we can puff and we can work out how am I going to deal with this, and we can fail to see that actually, of course, God will have things to say to me. God will have things to show me. Will I slow down enough to talk to him? And when he shows me things, well, will I respond to his question, what do you see? What is it that I'm saying to you? Let's have a, a conversation with him about that. And thirdly, this. As well as your contentment and your character, God wants to talk to you about your commission. He wants to talk to you about the mission and the purpose that he's got for every single one of us. Here in King's Church, we call it making Jesus famous That mission to go and make disciples, that mission to make him known, to share the good news of who he is and his incredible love and power with which he wants to change our whole world. He wants to talk to you about that. He cares deeply about that. Of course he cares about the details of your life because he cares about his relationship with you. But ultimately he's absolutely committed to you being more like him. So that people can see how amazing he is and find a relationship with him. So that the whole world can come into line with his plan and purpose for creation. And so he's desperately interested in the mission that he's given you for your life. The ultimate purpose that all of us have. Whatever career he might have called us into. Whatever giftings he might have given us, whatever particular ways he might use us, ultimately all of us are involved in that same mission to make the love of God known to the ends of the earth. To proclaim the name of Jesus that people would find their true meaning and purpose in him. He wants to talk to you about that. He wants to talk to you about how you, being more like him, because he's already talked to you about your character, he wants to talk about how you being secure and contented in him, because he's already talked to you about that. He wants to talk to you about how those things can make an impact on your neighbours, on your housemates, on your uni friends or work colleagues or you know, whoever you interact with, family members, whoever God has placed around you in your life, or the strangers that you meet on the bus or on the train or just going through life. He wants to talk to you specifically. He wants to show you people. He wants to show you people. He wants to give you keys, words of knowledge, ways that you can make an impact that him and you together can lead people to him. God's got things to say to us because he didn't say, right, okay, off you go, 90 years, however long, go and do your best at this mission thing and then report back to me at the end and let me know how you got on. No, he's involved in this with you. He's involved in this with us, and he's constantly got things to say to us. God wants to speak to us about our contentment, our character, and our commission. But will we slow down to notice? Will we take time to pay attention, to talk to him, to ask him, to go deeper in our understanding of what he's saying to us? Let's pray together. Lord, we want to thank you that you are a God who speaks to us. Lord, we want to thank you that you are committed to our contentment in you, to our character being transformed to become more like you, to the commission that you've given us to be witnesses 
to your goodness and your love. Lord God, we thank you that you care passionately enough about all of those things, that you would constantly be speaking to us about them. Through your word in scripture, through the words that you whisper into our inner being, through the encouragement, the correction, the the words of prophecy or exhortation that come from believers around us through visions, dreams, pictures, however you speak to us, all of the time you are speaking to us. Lord God, forgive us for when we've traveled so quickly through our busyness that we fail to pay attention or even to notice the things that you're showing us. Help us, Lord to slow down enough to spend time with you, to hear you, to see what you're showing us and to talk to you in depth and detail about it. Ultimately, Lord, that we might be obedient to everything that you have to say to us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you.